1: Well, I could say welcome back, but it feels more like hell come back because the Rams are in hell, a three game losing streak's worth of hell. It feels as though it's been forever since uh, a good Rams moment because there was also a bye week. So uh, it doesn't feel that strong right now for the Rams and their Aspirations of being one of the best teams in the NFC. In fact, if you look back, other than a week three win over the Buccaneers, not a lot for Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford and Les Need and everybody on the team to hang their hats on this season. And the Rams lose on Sunday to the Green Bay Packers. The score was a difference of eight points but it really it might as well has been a a 20 plus point blowout the rams didn't look good at any point in the game uh even though it was 20 to 17 at halftime never felt all that close and just as quickly it was 36 to 20 should have been 37 obviously to 20 uh green bay has a few kicking issues but overall Uh, After losing to the 49ers, 31 to 10 in week 10, losing to the Titans, 28 to 16 in week nine. So three straight games that the Rams haven't even been competitive, even if those teams are okay to fine, uh, look at the four wins before that Seahawks, Giants, Lions, Texans, the Rams really need to do something to prove that they're not just, uh, You know, when we were talking at 7-1, we were talking about whether or not the Rams were the best team in the NFL. Four weeks later, it's a question of whether or not the Rams will, not if they'll make the playoffs, because I'm pretty sure that they will. It's a question of whether or not it even matters, which is exactly where the Rams were a year ago. Does it even matter if you made the playoffs in 2020 with how the Rams had looked at the end of the season, losing to the Jets and, you know, not being strong at quarterback at the point of where, it seemed like John Wolford might've been the actual starting quarterback in the playoffs. So it all kind of adds up to a lot of questions. will be raining down upon Sean McVay, less need about the off season because of what happened this Sunday, all the mistakes, uh, Sean McVay's decisions, uh, not just as a coach uh, on game day, but how this roster is constructed and how his coaching staff is constructed. I'm Kenneth Arthur. We're coming to you after every game with me as always is Blaine Didasco, another fiasco. Uh, We were talking, it just seems like it's been so long since even good things. And he couldn't even really celebrate the good things against the Giants, the Lions and the Texans, because who cares about beating those teams? Um, it, It just doesn't seem like this is not just, you know, when the the Stafford trade was supposed to be like, are the Rams a juggernaut? And then the Rams added Von Miller and Odell Beckham Jr. in the middle of the season. And it's not even uh, worth talking about the Rams as a juggernaut. Even at seven and four, it's not even talking about them in the conversation as one of the top four teams in the NFC. Blaine, after this game and the previous two games, where do you think you stand now on expectations for L.A. in
0: the final six games? Well, uh, confidence is, is taking, a, taking a, a slide for sure, uh, going into the a tough stretch of the season coming up, um, especially the way that we look. Um, this team is is in bad shape, and I think that uh, in a lot of in a lot of instances, the talent is, is still you know still can't be questioned. We know we got talent on this roster, but you know the way the way that we're utilizing the talent, um, I think is is kind of all over the map. Um, I think it calls for definitely a, a lot of big questions, starting from the coaches, the scheme. Uh, I know we'll talk about um, you know what specifically what players uh, where um, should be in question um, like the Stafford trade. And maybe we start talking about, you know, some of the players that we let go last season, specifically on defense, John John Johnson, Troy Hill. We start to think about those uh, free agent losses, the more and more this defense gets pushed around like they did today. Yeah. You bring up some really key points here as far as the,
1: not just bringing in Stafford or bringing in people, but the players who the Rams once again let go, let walk in free agency and, or whatever case may be, uh, trading Michael Brockers as well. There's a number of uh, things that we can all point to. And at the end of the day, I do think that the Rams do have a talent issue because it's easy to, you know, look up at the sky at night and see the big dipper. I, I seem to be able to do it automatically. Every time you look up, it's like your eyes are drawn to that big dipper and you go, whoa, oh my God, look, a big dipper stars are uh, beautiful. <laughs> and, and like, you know, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and Matthew Stafford, um, you know, these are big dippers and and OB, OBJ is, is a, a constellation and Bond Miller is, you know, a big star. But If you want to see the stars and be amazed, if you want to go, you know, especially talking from someone who's lived in LA for over 10 years now, if you want to actually, if you see the stars, you know, you can't do it in LA. You got to go out uh, somewhere and look up at uh, somewhere in central California, get away from the city lights and the uh, light pollution. You can look up and see that it's much more magnificent to look at a sky and have it be littered with little Bright white dots. That's beautiful. That's what you want to see is the, is a sky that is loaded. And I think the Rams have just the constellations. They have the LA look at the sky. It's like, yeah, okay, cool. Stars are great. You know, who doesn't love a nice big dipper, uh, but or Ryan's belt? Uh, God bless him. It, it's just that I see a lot of holes, I see a lot of voids, I see a lot of black space where there's nothingness called, you know, Troy Reader and uh uh called yeah, you know, Taylor Rapp or or called uh, you know, God bless uh, him as well, Dante Dion. You know, I I hold Dante Dion up there with Orion. I think, you know, they're they're just both great great people in history, uh and yet I don't say that when Dante Dion has to cover Devonte Adams. You know, so yeah, you you point out John Johnson and Troy Hill, you know, Troy Hill Took a lot of criticism and heat some at times throughout his uh, Rams career, but he had a pretty good season in 2020. He would have been affordable if the Rams had decided not to make a few other decisions; would have been easily affordable. I think you could afford a Troy Hill if you had just decided to trade or cut Johnny Hecker instead of Corey Bohorquez, and you would also have Corey Bohorquez instead of Johnny Hecker. You know, we could get, and that'll be a whole thing that will go off in in terms of special teams later. But I think that the Rams, uh, defensively especially, you're just looking at. Well, great. If you have Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, and by the way, I mean, it's not like Aaron Donald um, is taking over games. It's not like he's really at that prime where Aaron Donald was in his prime, you know? So now you're looking at Aaron Donald at at the stage that he's at in his career at 30, and you're looking at, you know, outside of Jalen Ramsey and Donald. And, you know, I, I don't know that I see a ton of stars here, including Leonard Floyd. Um, I like Jordan Fuller. You're not going to hear his name a ton in the game. You know, people who can impact the game directly by rushing, rushing the passer, you know, the Rams weren't facing the Packers full five starting offensive line, not even close. They got one sack from Greg gains, you know? So I see a lot of holes. I don't think that the Rams do have a talented defense. Actually. I think, uh, I think that right now the Rams have a pretty porous defense and days like today really showed out uh what do you think of you know maybe some of those players because another issue that I think has to be brought up is some of the players who don't play like Terrell Burgess and it's just like well I don't really think that it's a good sign for Terrell Burgess more so than anything else and then it goes back to the draft decision so um, on defense, did you have any uh, special concerns uh, directly? I know that there was a lot of talk of Troy Reader today.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I bet on both sides. You're right that uh, for what talent we do have on defense, it's, it's concentrated where we have, you know, we're spending, say, a big focus and big, big, maybe big money, part of the budget on some of these uh, stars and, you know, uh, Aaron Donald and Von Miller, but we're leaving these big holes. And um, yeah, Troy Reeder's name came up a lot. I bet even on the Packers' side all week uh, in terms of, hey, this is the guy that we're going to pick on, and it showed. Um, so he was all over the map, Kent, you know, struggling to make tackles, struggling in coverage against, against Devontae Adams and, and any other receiver. Um, so that, that's a big gap, you know, makes us think about the trade with uh, Kenny Young. You know, would he have been better in this game? Uh, and then, um, as I mentioned, John Johnson is gone. So we're relying on Taylor Rapp and today it looked like those were the two targets and, and, and they were effective, you know, always credit to Aaron Rodgers, who, you know, whose accuracy doesn't allow you to make mistakes. And, uh, if he, if he finds a weakness, he's going to exploit it. And so where the Rams didn't do their part to stay competitive today, uh, Aaron Rodgers did, and this is the result.
1: Yeah. And offensively you know, just uh setting aside Matthew Stafford for now, I just think that also this is the third game in a row where Cooper Cup, you look at his numbers, and you, you would never, this is why statistics and box scores and all that kind of stuff, you know, when I was a kid, I thought box scores were great. I also thought the WWF was great. And guess what? I don't think wrestling's great now. And we don't even have a WWF, it's a WWE. So uh, I look at box scores as a kid in the same way. You got to grow up and grow out of box scores. Cause I look at Cooper Cup, three straight games. He's had over 90 yards, maybe over hundred yards. And yet I don't remember anything he did. You know, he's, it's not like I'm throwing him under the bus because clearly Cooper cup is not the problem. That is not what I'm saying, but there is some problem with the fact that the Rams um, just haven't been able to create consistent success offensively in the important parts of the game. And instead, Cooper Cup for these last couple of games and Matthew Stafford as well, of course, because that's where it's all coming from, are gaining a lot of these yards in the fourth quarter when the team is already down 10, 12, 15, 14, 20 points or whatever. And it's meaningless. So when we were in the early part of the season, Cooper Cup was dominating the first half of the game. Cooper Cup was um, uh, maybe the MVP of the first half and a lot of that doing with Matthew Stafford's success. But then again, like I was saying in the beginning of the podcast, the the Rams weren't playing a very tough schedule in the first half. Faced a lot of soft defenses, a lot of soft teams, teams that aren't going to be in the playoffs. Now against playoff teams, um, Cooper Cup has not been a dominant force in the first half of the game and all of a sudden it's like yeah that's not working and you know without robert woods for the whole rest of the year because of a torn acl more of the onus falls on van jefferson who has a big 79 yard touchdown and we say okay great matthew stafford and van jefferson and and there's like a lot of hope here finishes the day three catches 93 yards on nine targets so that's six targets that didn't go anywhere. That's a 179-yard catch and then two catches for 14 yards. That's not a number two receiver. Odell Beckham Jr., again, I wouldn't say Odell Beckham Jr. is any part of the problem. And he had five catches for 81 yards and touchdown. He was targeted 10 times. It's just like that was supposed to be a whole uh, combination of efforts to say the Rams are going to be able to put up points consistently in ways that they never were with Jared Goff. And that hasn't really been enough of the case. Sometimes it is the case, but it hasn't been enough of the case. We can see Matthew Stafford and OBJ like connect on a long touchdown. We can see that happen with any of these numbers on a long touchdown. And it's great because I think of the modern NFL, it's like playing catch up and, and it's just about, who can get to a certain score faster. And here the Packers were able to get to 36. They were able to get to 30 faster than the Rams who got 28. So it's not enough points. It's not okay to be, um, it's just not okay to score 28 points in the NFL against the Packers. And, and that's not like saying, yeah, that's not saying that it's the expectation for every team, but it is the expectation for the Rams. It is the expectation for a team that went to the Super Bowl a few years ago. It is the expectation for a team that has traded everything that they can possibly get their hands on for the best possible team right now. I wouldn't even say the Rams are a top 10 team right now. And that's not good. Uh, Blaine, where, where would you kind of rank the Rams? Do you think at this point?
0: Yeah, I'd say definitely, uh, definitely outside of the top ten. I mean, uh, they got issues. That the timing is off. they uh, they even Matthew Stafford the uh, turnovers. Um, like you said, it's hard when you just look at the turnovers, especially in the last three games, to you know to really separate him from Jared Goff. <laughs> we were just about getting away from that yeah. when. In the first half of the season when Matthew Stafford was on a roll and looking really good, putting up big numbers, we almost put the comparisons to rest. But now they kind of come back. But on the opposite end where, you know, uh, the sack fumble, um, you know, uh, picks to the house in the last in the last couple of games is, you know, now we got to look at what's the difference and, and where are we gaining from this trade um, since the post-golf era. Um, so that's, that's where we're at. I think uh, definitely outside of top 10, I don't know if this team is still finding themselves or we have, big, or we have big problems, but um, it's not looking a whole lot different than it did last season.
1: Yeah. And let's uh, start by talking uh, with regards to Sean McVay. There's it's such, it's so, it's so uh, complicated, I guess uh, it's such an interesting Uh, relationship that not you know that Sean McVay has not just with the media and the fans but also um I think just my even my own just general feelings about Sean McVay can change very quickly I've never once been on the the bandwagon of like Sean McVay is a is a bad coach which I see those comments quite a, quite a lot, not from everybody, you know, from a, probably from a small percentage of the Turf Show Time readers or on Twitter or whatever. It's probably not that many, but it's very like consistent. And not all of those people, you know, some of those people I think are making very valid points. Not necessarily means that I'm going to agree that Vey would fall into the category of being bad coach or not being the right coach for the Rams. What happened in the fourth? i I've never once been on the, I've never once like questioned if Sean McVay and yet in the fourth quarter, that last two minutes of the game, I don't know what happened. That's like some of the worst direct example of poor coaching I think I've ever seen. It's crazy to me that they ran a running play on third and one, it didn't make any sense. And I I still, I'm sure there's been an explanation given, you know, this is an instant reaction and and whatever. I haven't seen all that kind of stuff yet. And I'm sure like maybe even it's just over my head when that play was happening, I thought, Earlier than that, like a minute before that, I thought, well, maybe they just kicked the field goal. Now they just wasted any time they had. It doesn't matter if the onside kick was an improbability. The whole thing was an improbability. You're down by 11 points with less two minutes to go, at least makes sense. You know, what, what were your thoughts on Sean McVay and, and those last couple minutes?
0: Yeah, I, I agree that, uh, that was, uh, you know, we're in, we're in passing mode all the way in the last two minutes. Um, And even coming down to how we finished that drive, um, you know, I thought it was definitely sort of four down territory. Uh, I I would go for a touchdown all the way. Um, I don't get that that last field goal attempt either. Like I said, it's um, whether no matter the probability of the onside kick, um, I think it was we needed a touchdown there uh, to give us any hope. And I would have, you know, like I said, I would have threw the ball um, down that stretch and definitely kept it a four down game uh, and tried to punch it in. I think
1: um, there, what did you also think about the first quarter decision to go for it on fourth and one from their own 30 or so at at that point, did it it seem like uh, Sean McVay was kind of conceding immediately that he didn't think the Rams had a good chance to win?
0: Yeah, that one was to me, that was a sign of uh, a big difference between this year and last year of our confidence in our defense. Um, Last year, last year we would have punted it. We would have punted it, knowing that hey, our 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 defense, best in the league, um, is going to get it back. We'll get a great punt, and uh, so I definitely think that that's a big sign of the difference between this year and last year. Um, So I think I would have punted it there, and then and then having gone for it, uh, you know, maybe a bit more creativity with the play call. Nothing crazy. Still run play, I think, but um, to give it that straight straight zone dive up the middle. Um, I thought it was a bad call and not surprised that uh, that we got stuff there. But yeah, uh, I think we should have punted it there and uh, been more aggressive in the fourth quarter.
1: It's kind of crazy. Yeah, that that the fact that it was even any of those. I mean, I'm sure that that play has picked up a first down in my, in front of my own very eyes, thousands of times. I'm sure that, you know, it seems like, oh yeah, I'm sure that it works all the time in my memory. I've only ever seen that play fail. You know, it's, it's like, as soon as you're handing it off to somebody on fourth and one and you're handing it off four yards behind the line of scrimmage, I'm just like, this will never work. And in my memory, it never does because it's just, you're giving so much of an opportunity for the defense to win a battle. And you're talking about a defense that has Kenny Clark and Rashawn Gary. And it's not that the Rams offensive line is that adept at doing their jobs uh, against especially those kind of quality players in the run game that it's just kind of mind blowing. And furthermore, it's kind of mind blowing. I mean, you can also just, the guy on the other side of the field was Matt LaFleur and, you know, uh, and the, another guy, Zach Taylor over with the Bengals is doing quite well this season after a couple of bad years. So, you know, there's definitely, and you could even say, Hey, look, the defense that the, that just beat the Rams today is coached by, uh, the former Rams assistant head coach under Sean McVay. So the Sean McVay's coaching tree is doing pretty good, include you know, Brandon Staley, not having the best time right now, I don't think, but uh, overall it's all doing quite well. So, but it's just so funny to think that also Sean McVay is, you know, the tree that blossoms the most over the last few years. And yet these are some really questionable decisions and not just on game day. I also talk about, he's in a very difficult position with, with regards to whether or not he can fire, I think, Joe D Camillus as the special teams co- coordinator at this point. And that's because how many times can you do that in, in a three-year period? How many times can you keep firing the uh, special teams coordinator or parting with the special teams coordinator and blaming it on the coordinator? It's, I think you're running out of chances to blame it on the coordinator. At this point, the Rams are losing so many games Uh, or losing so many opportunities um, and giving the other team so many opportunities because of special teams. I don't know who else to blame, but Sean McVay. You're in charge of the whole team. You keep hiring these special teams coordinators and being disappointed. What did you expect this time that was going to be different than Bones? Or what did you think that was going to be different uh, than the guy last year? You know, it's, it's, it's just... So befuddling. Um, and then and then he also has to answer for the coordinator positions, uh, Raheem Morris, and he has to answer for you know the whatever role Kevin O'Connell plays, but more so he has to answer for his own offensive play calling, which seems to be so unadept, you know, it seems to be so ironically behind the modern times when he was just so recently. The most modern coach you would think
0: mm-hmm. yeah thank goodness uh for robert rochelle's uh, uh fumble recovery or muffed punt recovery as uh, any hope of a silver lining to the to the special teams uh this in this game yeah but uh yeah I, I agree man put it on the head coach especially at this point to find this late in the season a reliable punt returner um, this late in the season, I think yeah, there's little excuse for that. And so, you know, uh, having uh, Koski back there, um, and uh, and Cooper Cup, um, none of them reliable. Even when earlier in the season, when we were experimenting with Tutu Atwell, um, I think we're just waiting too long to to make changes back there or to find somebody reliable. Uh, and so uh, we, we're paying for it. But uh, I think Koski never, you know, never looked sure-handed, never looked confident back there. And I think we all kind of saw something like that fumble coming.
1: Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's just it's that's the most frustrating thing is that you would just think that if the Rams simply had a really good special teams unit this year, at the very least, I think the, the it would have given the the team overall a better chance to make up for some of the really horrible things that offense and defense does. Cause I don't want to take the onus off of the offense and the defense, but in spite of all the problems that they've had with consistency on offense. And in spite of, you know, the defense just not even being close to what it was a year ago um, in spite of the, which we should have expected. We all, we, I mean, I expected the defense to not be as good, but now it's kind of just, it's just, it's not competitive with playoff teams. And that's the only thing that really matters. You know, it doesn't matter if you can beat the lions and the bears, it it really doesn't. So it only matters to give yourself the best possible um, home field advantage chances against playoff teams. The Rams aren't going to have any home field advantage in the playoffs at any point. They're, they're just not going to host any playoff games. And so that means having to go to green Bay. I mean, if they have to go to green Bay, if they have to go to Tampa Bay, even having beaten the bucks, I just don't see that much. I wouldn't have that much confidence but this is coming right off of such a horrible point in the year. So there, take that with it. Uh, Blaine, I want to go through as quickly as we can, uh, just sort of the roster right now. And because these final six games, you know, trying to just inject some sort of re- optimism, or even if it's just realism into what are the odds of, you know, this of the, the Rams getting the, the, changing. I don't know how it's going to change, but let's look at the roster real quick and talk about how the Rams got to that place. Uh, I'm going to say uh, the position and the the player that the Rams currently have there. And you just give me your uh, confidence score on a, on a one to 10 scale. How does that sound?
0: Uh, Sounds fun. (laughs) (laughs) Let's
1: just start at the head uh, Matthew Stafford at quarterback. Uh, as far as just had confidence, yeah, in the quarterback position from here uh, to the end of the year, how confident are you that that is a, a good quarterback?
0: You know what? Um, I was a, a holdout with Jared Goff for you know for most of the time there up until last season. Really, um, you know, I really hung in there, rooting for the guy, and uh, I'm gonna s- stick with that positioning with Matthew Stafford. Um, uh, something's not right, uh, whether whether it's just you know now getting used to the more competitive teams. Uh, maybe he's not getting the help uh, that uh, he needs from uh, from the coaching and the scheme, and the playbook. Um, and then maybe it's uh, maybe it's his health and condition. So even even right up to this game, you know, some people are saying like this is not news about Matthew Stafford not being mm. in perfect condition. Uh, but maybe today it was worse than others. Uh, so um, at some point, just like I did with Jared Goff, at some point, we got to call it and realize that, you know, he's not the guy that we were hoping for, that we, that we, that we thought he was going to be. Um, but at this point in time, I'm still going to stick with Stafford and, and see how it goes, at least for the remainder of this season, hoping that he can pull it together, especially if he gets the scheme to, to help support him and back him up.
1: And where do you think you would rate that on a 1 to 10?
0: Uh, At the moment, uh, let's call it no higher than a seven, but but, uh, optimistic still.
1: And we're talking a month ago, we might've been putting that in a nine, you know, so it's, it's gone. It's definitely trended down. I think that for me, I was always way in favor and I remain in favor of the Stafford trade because I always said it was not so much about Stafford who I felt like was at least an above average, probably right around an above average quarterback. Uh, it was just that I didn't think Jared Goff was even capable of starting in the NFL anymore. And so the Rams had to do something. Otherwise there's a very good chance that it would have just wasted, uh, everything else that was on the roster. If the, if the Rams had to go with Jared Goff or if the Rams had to go, uh, potentially with Carson Wentz, um, which, you know, you might be able to argue at this point, I would be proven completely, I would have to eat a whole bunch of crow. Uh, You could argue that Carson Wentz and Matthew Stafford aren't that much different right now today, but I still think Matthew Stafford is, and it was definitely an upgrade for the Rams. The problem is he's not so much of an upgrade that the Rams are, you know, nine and, Two, uh, the reason is he's not the guy that's going to elevate everybody all the time. Um, and we have seen just some really, really bad throws and some really bad decisions. Um, and some of those old other things kind of come to the surface uh, against quality teams, which was always the case in Detroit as well. So, yeah, uh, I'll let you do the rating. But hey, yeah, I would say seven is, sounds really good to me. It's It's definitely better than average um and but and it gives the rams a chance to do things on offense that they didn't really have a chance to do but uh disappointing over the last three games no question about it all right we'll go uh faster here so we don't uh, take up uh the rest of the night um daryl henderson at running back on a one to ten scale
0: uh, I think the uh, conference level of Daryl Henderson is eh, right about a, a, a seven or eight. I want to say, you know, the offensive line. And again, the uh, having a more uh, creative running attack. Um, now that let's say in this game, he got more opportunities than nine attempts. Um, uh, his, uh, his ability looks like looks like he's there, but I'd say no more than an eight or a nine. Um, call it uh, in, the, in the off season. If we're still drafting running backs, um, I wouldn't doubt that strategy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so you know the Rams uh, have Daryl Henderson. They also traded for Sony Michelle. Uh, they did spend a third round pick on Henderson in 2019. They spent a second round pick on Cam Akers in 2020. A guy who's kind of like his absence has been kind of stepped aside because it was so long ago. Um, but uh, that has also, I think, impacted the Rams a little bit. But they just haven't had that many ta- chances to run. Daryl Henderson's playing pretty well, um, but not. So he's not Derrick Henry, which nobody really ever expected anyway. Uh, Tyler Higby at tight end. We had Bryson Hopkins alert. He was active today. Uh, Bryson Hopkins alert and Kendall Blanton. The Rams f- uh, did lo- uh, lose Johnny Munt uh, to that. And they also made the decision to not resign Gerald Everett, which may or may not matter. Uh, but the Rams ha- have not quite found a
0: premier tight end. Uh, where are you at comfort level of the tight end? Um and it's all gonna rest. I think right about the same sort of seven, where uh, uh, seven or eight, where uh, you know we expected more, especially from Tyler Higby coming into the season. Uh, he looked he looked really good in the preseason and in say training camp, uh, even in the early part of the season as gonna be one of the primary targets. Uh, but he's just not you know uh, impacted the game like we hoped he would in the red zone. Um, Today we saw on a screen pass where we hoped that he'd be more flashy, breaking at least one of those tackles uh, for a big play. Uh, So, yeah, I'd say uh, seven. We expect more out of him um, uh, if we're going to use him as one of our primary targets.
1: Yeah, it would just be nice to see something uh, else happen, you know, at tight end, uh, just some more of an – I mean, no one would deny that it would be great for the Rams to have – a, a really great tight end, and we'll see if uh, there's any chance of that in the, in the future. Um, moving through the wide receivers, the Rams have had a lot of turmoil at wide receiver uh, with Robert Woods going with the torn ACL, Deshaun Jackson in, and Deshaun Jackson out. Uh, one commenter in the postgame thread wrote that uh, Jackie Slater on Fox 11 said uh, some sort of rumor about the Rams and D- Deshaun Jackson not getting along as much because Deshaun Jackson, uh, doesn't, doesn't have a, uh, doesn't think that Stafford can throw the ball far enough, uh, basically. Um, and I don't know. I mean, it seems like the distance hasn't been too much of an issue. Uh, but, uh, certainly I think the arm is in question a little bit with this regards to accuracy and and maybe some of those deep passes as well. Uh, Deshaun Jackson was pretty active for the Raiders this week. So who knows, but, um, overall with wide receiver, Uh, Cooper Cup, he leads the NFL in pretty much all the big categories. Van Jefferson can make a big play, but I just think there's an issue with regards to can he make seven, eight, nine, Uh, and Odell Beckham uh, had his biggest game as a Ram in a very short period of time of being
0: a Ram Um, thoughts on the wide receiver position on that one to 10 scale. Yeah, Cooper Cup still still a ten. I mean, um, you know, he's he's been consistent. Like you said, it doesn't always translate into into wins uh, over the last three games. Uh, Van Jefferson, uh, you know, a, a seven, but knocking on the eight uh, because he makes those big plays. Um, so I think if he can find consistency um, uh, with the catching the ball, I think that he you know he could he could become a solid number two. But it's you know it's not going to be here in his second season. But again, he's just showing flashes of potential. Um, uh, OBJ, uh, today got a little banged up, but, uh, still more flashes and showing, uh, you know, more production and integration into the offense than just that first week um, against the 49ers. So optimistic about, uh, OBJ, uh, but man missing Robert Woods.
1: Yeah, it's been, uh, that's been the injuries, you know, it's, it's been a little bit of an issue more and more as the season goes on. Offensive line uh, with issues with Andrew Whitworth against Rashawn Gary today, David Edwards with a big penalty there at the end of the game, Brian Allen, Austin Corbett and Rob Havenstein out there, uh, the Rams offensive line. I don't know where, where are you at there as a whole or individually?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, individually, it, it's, it's uh, you know, I guess sad to see Andrew Whitworth um, starting to, you know, may, maybe degrade a little bit and that um, these penalties and, and getting beat, um, not, not what we're used to seeing out of him, uh, but then he is 39 years old. Uh, the rest of the guys as, as a group, uh, it doesn't look like we're getting better, uh, if anything, getting worse as the season goes on uh so especially i don't know especially the interior um uh not good not great uh sub seven rating yeah
1: unfortunate there and then maybe that is an area that can improve a little bit as the year goes on hopefully uh defensively aaron donald mm-hmm. what do you
0: think <laughs> that's a tough one man i mean um you know uh it's 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 such a it's it's, it's so strange that now with uh von miller and Leonard Floyd, uh, still, you know, we're not, this was a good game to see it all come together. And uh, one big part of the success from last year's defense, I think, was how effective the Rams were at a four-man rush. Um, and then decent coverage, not even great coverage, but decent coverage where uh, the rush just put enough stress and, and forced the quarterback to get it off a little quicker than he wanted to. And so that was a big part of last year's defense and, and this season. Uh, it doesn't seem like we have either uh, that type of uh, potential four man stress up front, and then the, the type of uh, coverage in the secondary to back that up. Uh, so it's, uh, it's, it's weird to say, but uh, Aaron Donald doesn't look 100% or yeah. like 100% in his prime, I guess you could say. And how are you feeling about the play of Greg Gaines? He had a sack. He also
1: had a, uh, you know, he was held at an, on a key play because he was doing well. Any thoughts on Greg Gaines?
0: Yeah, Greg Gaines, uh, flashy over the uh, course of the season. Uh, he can he can be really stout. Um, but I think, um, uh, yeah, I think just, just um, inconsistent. I think uh, in general, he can be a good player. Again, still young yet, I think in his third season, um, he's got a good frame, but... Um, Uh, But otherwise Bobby Brown is another big guy kind of uh, in the wings or in the depth that might, you know, we might be time to give him a look uh, Mm -hmm. after Greg Gaines. Yeah.
1: So what would you be at a a one to 10 scale on the interior of
0: the defensive line? Uh, I'd say probably maybe a soft eight on the interior, on the interior line. I mean, we're not, uh, we didn't give up too much on the run play, no big plays, um, but, uh, you know, we're soft up front, just giving away that th- three or four yards, every clip, which is not good, but, uh, still overall, I think we're doing all right, but, um, still giving up too much up front. So maybe a soft eight, soft
1: eight. If we were looking at the edges here, we've got, you know, up front, maybe a Robinson and then at the linebacker, Von Miller, Leonard Floyd, Terrell Lewis, Agbani Okoronkwo, uh, it's, it's kind of been uh, a ride of not that much excitement. Leonard Floyd, you know, he's racked up some sacks here or there. Von Millard. Didn't really see a lot of him in a positive light today. You know, we know that he's older, we know that he's had some injury issues, and he, you know, even came to the Rams with an a bum ankle and, and all this kind of stuff. Uh, didn't have a huge impact in the game today, which is hey, when you trade a second and a third round pick for a guy, you kind of expect him to have an impact against your big opponents like the Packers. They had the bye week. There was a lot going in his favor. Terrell Lewis, not. Uh, you know, sometimes he has an impact. Sometimes I don't even, I kind of forgot he was on the Rams today. Uh, Sean Robinson, uh, you know, who isn't like a sack guy, you know, but uh, as far as Miller and Floyd, uh, and Lewis of uh, Okoronkwo, you know, we're not getting any Chris Garrett in there. Uh, how comfortable are you there with the Rams getting an edge rush and having quality, you know, run stoppers and edge players, uh, for the final six games?
0: Uh, Let's see. I think um, I think that we still haven't had a chance to quite see what they can do. Like I think it goes both ways um, to see what the rush can do. We got to make the quarterback hold on to the ball just a little bit longer, give us another half second to get there, um, and that falls a little bit on the secondary. So I think that today, anyway, we didn't see any of that. Where the secondary to me was getting picked apart. Uh, Aaron Rodgers had the ability to get get it out quick on the short game, um, and he's got that that fade away deep ball pass that he can do even off his back foot. So even when we are getting pressure, he's able to get the ball out to the deep or past the intermediate area. Uh, So I think, um, but still nonetheless, I think, you know, one sack today, uh, we all expect much more out of that, much more out of Von Miller and Leonard Floyd and with Aaron Donald. So um, I think still um, underwhelming, uh, but we're not getting help or they're not getting help from the secondary. Um, with such soft coverage, yeah.
1: Where are yet in the inside then? With uh, Ernest Jones getting, you know, the Rams again. Micah Kaiser was on the team. Kenny Young was on the team. You know, the changes in the middle of the season. This team has changed quite a bit as the season has gone on, and they've gotten worse, which doesn't bode very well. It was almost like the Rams were trying to improve, even as they were seven and one, six and one. You know, even as the Rams were considered maybe the best team in the NFL, just saying, oh, we've got to keep improving, which is True. Uh, the Rams did need to keep improving so far. The improvements haven't been resulting in wins um, and Ernest Jones and, and Troy reader have been starting in the inside uh, through this stretch of losses. Uh, I don't know that Ernest Jones needs to take a lot of blame here, but where would you be at overall here with do the Rams have any ability to stop offenses in the middle of the field,
0: doesn't look like it. Um, they, like I said, their, Troy Reader was was more targeted. It looked like today, so he had you know he was on the spot a lot more, uh, missing uh, tackles and, and giving up on coverages. So I'd say this is our first you know uh, score that's going to be well below a seven. Uh, but Troy Reader uh, is is the big liability in the defense, and it's all on tape, especially this season. I mean, I'm sorry, especially in this game so yeah that's going to be you know we're going to find a way schematically to to help them out otherwise that's uh, that'll continue to be a weakness uh, there in the middle for both pass and run we're not getting any help from trey reader in both re- in any of those regards what would you give
1: that on a one to ten
0: uh four <laughs> <laughs> what what about on the edges uh oh. with
1: miller and leonard
0: on the, uh, A seven. Uh, but yeah. hoping, uh, that's got to be that, you know, just the that talent wise. I mean, talent wise, it's a nine and maybe a 10. But performance and results is ours out of seven right now. So we hope for a lot more. We expect a lot more out of the edges and the pass rush. Uh, but uh, the output today scores at a seven out of a 10. Their
1: cornerback, Jalen Ramsey, Dante Dion, Darius Williams. Uh, you know, Darius Williams called out on the broadcast even for being like, yeah, he's not having a great year. Dante Dion, you know, shown a couple times just not being, you know, just as we expected. He's outmatched, he's outsized, he, you know, he's out. Uh, talented by certain wide receivers uh, and uh, the Rams also have Robert Rochelle. They still have David long, I guess, uh, but it's just kind of like this was a team that had let go of Troy Hill. Like we said in the beginning of the podcast. Um, yeah. Where's your rankings at here? Your ratings at here for the
0: corners. Outside of Jalen Ramsey, uh, you know, we're looking at a, a, a near a five. Um, and that's outside of Jaden Ramsey, but there's a lot of field to cover for just one good corner out there. Um, Darius Williams, uh, what a you know, a disappointment uh from last season when we're all hyped on Darius Williams. Uh <clears throat> where's those big play interceptions that were missing that we got from him last season? Um, and Dante Dion is a, a really good elevated practice squad player uh that can't hang with a group like the Packers for sure. Yeah. Uh, and
1: that's, so yeah, it sounds like, yeah, we're pretty close to a five, if not for Jalen Ramsey, um, and the safeties, uh, John Johnson could have been saved. John Johnson could be on the team as far as I'm concerned, you know, the, the money was there, uh, other decisions were made and now Taylor Rapp is starting, uh, Terrell Burgess isn't to be found. Nick Scott's not going to start. Juju Hughes isn't going to start. The safeties are just are what they are now. Uh, And like I said, Jordan Fuller, he's just not going to be that. It's not like Jordan Fuller is Kevin Byard. You know, he's not going to show up, uh, you know, every other week with, with some, big game-changing play, which is just what the Rams need. If you're going to be a bend, don't break defense, which right now it's just a, it's just a bend, bend, break defense. <laughs> uh, you know, you, then you need guys who make plays. You need to lead the NFL in turnovers. And these are just things that are true. You know, it's not, it's not like, oh, you can't you can give them a break. You know, it's just like, no, I mean the Rams aren't playing in the same atmosphere as say the Atlanta Falcons. We're just trying to get their heads above water. You know, they're not in the same atmosphere as the bears who are just like, yeah, we'd like to be good in a year or two. You know, they're just, that now is supposed to be the time. So uh, you got to be able to lead the NFL in some of these categories. You got to do something and the Rams don't have, you can't compare the Rams to say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers of a year ago, because we knew how many of those players were already really good. These aren't those players uh, at a lot of positions. There's not going to be, you're just not going to expect Super Bowl moments of like, wow, look at how stacked the Rams are. If they happen to get to the Super Bowl with Troy Reader, and if they happen to get to the Super Bowl with Taylor Rapp, and if they happen to get to the Super Bowl with Darius Williams and Dante Dion, and you know, just a lot of like quality players uh, who, or you know, may have roles to serve on on teams. But not typically as starters. Not typically when you're trying to win a Super Bowl against the likes of the Packers. Now the good news is, outside of the Cardinals, uh, no team in the NFC looks super like great, and not right. a lot of people feel that and you know strongly about the Cardinals even. So it's a wide-open sort of situation where the Rams can can jump up, right? So uh, yeah, there's there's opportunities to be had. Um, where do you feel with safety? Because You know, this is Taylor Rapp's third season. He's been one of the most uh, criticized players on the team. And that's not changing so far this year with his, you know, this is his best shot to put out in an audition as like a long-term NFL starter.
0: Yeah. I mean, even he had, you know, maybe a couple of good moments or a couple of good games this season, but uh, you know, now it's been uh, 10 games or 11 games now and two good games Uh, is not great for the body of work but today I think you know we saw a little bit of the true Taylor Rapp where um, still doesn't have a great sense for you know can't cover a whole lot of space can't be relied on for uh, open field tackles all the time Um, and uh, just out of position and so I think Taylor Rapp uh, he's you know he's down there with the with some of the corners down at a five out of a ten and Jordan Fuller uh, same like Darius Williams, where he did kind of flash and he did look a, a bit more reliable back there um, during the Staley defense. So it makes us think about Brandon Staley and how much of an effect he had not only on the game plans but even on the players. As it seems like all the all of his players maybe have a little bit of a fall off since his departure. Um, so yeah, I put Jordan Fuller in the same category as Darius Williams, where uh, ah, a bit of a letdown this season compared to last. Uh, so no higher than a six for jordan jordan fuller um we know we need some big plays Uh, even at this point in the time last season um uh, let's say the tampa bay game last year where he had the two interceptions against tom brady yeah this this would have been a great game for one of those finally i gotta
1: do it Uh, you know what are we talking here on the the one to ten scale for special teams
0: How low? One to ten. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, First sub five. Let's give him. Let's give him a three. And again for today, uh, it'll be because of Robert Rochelle heads up play getting the turnover um, uh, on the muffed punt. Uh, but other than, other than that, uh, yeah, it's no higher than a, than, a, than a three for me on special teams. Uh, yeah. not right. Like, you know, I agree with you that um, it, it's uh, it's the kind of unit where, um, you know, a, a, a good play here and there can can spell the offensive unit or defensive unit when they're having a tough time. But at least being reliable and not turning the ball over. Um, yeah. And Kosky, like I said, that was an, uh, that was an obvious uh, or a questionable pick in that role. Yeah,
1: it's uh it's becoming an issue. Obviously, it's already an issue. Um but overall w- the Rams uh you know they're 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 dealing with issues. You're going to say like one of the problems being that the Tutu Atwell pick yeah wasn't even necessarily addressing punt returner. He yeah. just became the punt returner mm-hmm. because it's like yeah, he's he doesn't have any role in offense. He did some returning on kickoffs and stuff. Like he wasn't really a punt returner in college. He wasn't really a returner in college. He's a quarterback in high school. I mean, he he didn't, it was just, it didn't even really address that. But it, when you had the two out pick, okay, maybe he could have done something. You don't, you know, clearly it was like Cooper cup at this stage in his career for a number of reasons, shouldn't really be out there returning punts. Uh, and, and, you know, injuries played some part in this, but overall it's just, to not have gotten to this stage with there just seems to be uh, for the last couple of years, at least uh, our last couple of off seasons, uh, so many uh, decisions in the off season where there was just a lot of waffling. And it was just like, like with the kicker search last year, just Mm -hmm. a lot of waffling without any hard commitments and just feeling like it'll all fall into place because, Oh, the Rams have, you know, three or four, elite players and that uh, and that they're going to continue to be willing to just like throw, throw more uh, sticks at the fire, which I think still could work. You know, it's still fine. It's like still could work. The the Rams uh, do have enough talent. I would think that if they start all playing well at the same time, it's going to be a very dangerous team. Uh, So to finish off, let's go on that note. Like we went over the whole roster. We went all over the positions. Uh, I, we didn't hear very many uh, eights, nines and tens. Uh, we did get close there. We had Cooper cup at a 10 and, and, you know, you still have Aaron Donald. You still have Jalen Ramsey. Still got some of those players up there. Uh, and then you got a lot of sevens uh, with regards to like, say an offensive line or um, a number two receiver maybe, but overall, what are the units that you think, like, where where would you place your most optimism in that uh, the, this unit, this player, this position will be better over the final six games?
0: Um, I hope it's in the receiver group. I want to say that sort of the passing game, um, even though, you know, we're going to need the running game uh, for sure. I think that's, that's the one where uh, I hope that we get more productive production to make a more balanced attack is through the running game but if you're asking me where who i think is going to come together um it, i think it's going to be the receiving game see uh, van jefferson uh, continue to evolve in only his second season and then odell beckham jr finding a rhythm with the offense finding a rhythm with matthew stafford um, when i say that that's also matthew stafford uh you know getting back on track
1: yeah, great points. The wide receiver group. There's a lot of reason for some optimism there. And, uh, it's, uh, interesting, uh, you know, looking at it now, just the fact that where we started in week one, and now here we are in week, the end of week 12, Cooper cup is on the team. Van Jefferson is on the team. No surprises there. And now it's Odell Beckham, Ben Skowronik, JJ Koski, and Landon Akers are all on the 53. So, these things change fast and this is now who the Rams are relying on uh, to help them score points, get down the field, keep up with offenses like Aaron Rodgers, uh, like Tom Brady, like Dak Prescott. Um, we could be looking at the playoffs with the Vikings. Uh, we could look into the playoffs and uh, of course the Cardinals, the Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, Rondell Moore, a lot of keeping up that you have to do. So. Uh, if Odell Beckham uh, continues to develop that chemistry and, and get comfortable in this offense over the next six games, can do it fast enough. Van Jefferson, to make a great point of, you know, it's just a second year. He's a bit old for a second year player slash rookie last year um, and had a lot of advanced play and but we can see that there are those plays he makes pretty consistently um that are special so we'll see if that continues to develop in a more consistent fashion but there's just going to be a lot of tough matchups ahead for the rams in the playoffs as far as their regular season schedule uh we'll be back next week against after uh the rams take on the jacksonville jaguars if you can't win that game, uh, Blaine, well, I don't know how <laughs> that is going to be a much harder podcast, I think, to have. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, the needs? Uh, what is what do the Rams need to do against the Jaguars?
0: Well, uh, it's a get-right game, right? So first of all, it'll be—I mean, God forbid—it'll be the fourth loss in a row uh, if it goes uh, the wrong way. So that's the first thing to do is avoid that. Uh, but yeah, it should be the game where you know, um, call it almost—I eh, mean, not to get crazy, but almost like a bye week where it's the time to to get right, get healed, um, and find a rhythm and be able to put together—you know—a little bit of confidence in in the game plan. Um, but, uh, but we can't come out, you know, like we did against the Detroit lions and struggle against a team that we shouldn't be if we have big expectations. So, um, uh, big expectations against Jacksonville. So we got to come out and dominate, put up at least, you know, at least 30, at least 30 points and hold Jacksonville, uh, well under that. So, um, at least a win, but by a big spread is what we got to do, uh, getting ready for Arizona next after that.
1: Yeah. Got to do it. You got to, got to, got to beat the Jaguars got to show off that you have an offense. Uh, today the Jaguars lost to the Falcons, but it was 21 to 14. It was not, uh, it was a close ish game. Um, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, Jaguars beat the bills nine to six. So, uh, kind of, uh, it's, it's possible. It's possibly the scariest game of the Rams season to lose to the Jaguars. Because then after that, it's going to be at Cardinals hosting the Seahawks, at Vikings, at Ravens hosting the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Um, if the Rams, for any reason, are seven and five going into those final five games, oh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I mean, oh, I mean, really, now you're talking about can the Rams get to 10 and seven? Mm-hmm. So uh, that's going to be such an, a pivotal game. Uh, because of this three game losing streak it is at home it is next sunday december 5th one twenty-five p.m pacific standard time i know that i will still be here after the game i know blaine will be here and we'll talk about what happened it's got to be uh it's got to be a big nice win uh if sean McVay wants to uh quiet at least for a week and matthew Sever wants to quiet anyone for at least a week talking about whether or not this offseason was a big bag of mistakes. So, uh, find uh, uh, Blaine on Twitter at Blaine Dydasco, D Y D A S C O, and we got plenty of coverage here coming up on Turf Show Times. Blaine, uh, give me one final, uh, you know, speech to uh, Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay about what uh, what's got to happen.
0: Uh, let's, let's let's shake it up. I mean, let's uh let's look at all angles. We got to look at all areas of the team, uh, and uh, come back and dominate against the Jacksonville Jaguars.
1: There you go. Very very uh, short, sweet, to the point, and accurate. Which is what you're always gonna get here on the Turf Show Times podcast, instant reaction show. Thanks for listening. We'll be at, be back soon with another episode of the Turf Show Times podcast.